Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lunch with PB&J. Hello, Joy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. That's why I laugh at you. Oh, is that why? Yes. I didn't know why you were laughing at me. Because you don't say hello normal. Hello. 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 <laughs> you ever seen that cartoon? Orlo. Orlo. Make it mine. Orlo. So we are back. Ephesians chapter 6. Guys, listen, I know that we've been uh, taking a couple breaks over the summer. Hopefully you're staying caught up with us. And uh, so I realized that this week when it's like, man, it's taking us a long time to yeah. get halfway through. Ephesians. Ephesians 6. Um, but yeah, it's summer and we've just <laughs> kind of been enjoying some time. So, uh, But we are going to f- not finish. We are finishing this section on submission right. and f- living a life filled with the Holy Spirit, which mm-hmm. comes in submitting to one another. And that's how we show our love and how we show honor and glory to God is mm-hmm. by how we interact with others around us. And we've gone through the husbands and wives. We've gone through parents and kids. Today we're going to finish um, with what the way it's worded is slaves and masters. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of spin that to something a little bit more modern, mm-hmm. um, so that it's understood. And then, and then we get into what is probably one of the most well-known passages of scripture in the Bible, yeah. especially in the Book of Ephesians, which is the armor of God. Yeah. And so be. Joy is going to dress in full armor. <laughs> Uh, for those of you that watch the podcast, uh, so tune in next week for that to see her in full-on armor. Uh, it'll be great. I, hey, one time for kids ministry, I literally made like armor. Yeah. <laughs> well, not literally, but yeah. Out there with some blacksmithing tools. We made tools helmets and, and yeah. shields. It'll be cool, guys. Swords. I encourage you to watch next week instead of listening. <laughs> Um, but today we are going to deal with the topic of slaves and masters. And again, this is a continuation of the conversation about living a spirit-filled life mm-hmm. that includes submitting to others in honor or reverence to Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, and so as we get into this, this is always, uh, I'm not going to take a long time on this, but because... <laughs> There's been a lot of people over the years that have, you know, the whole topic of slavery is obviously one that is a huge mark on history. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people that uh, have been very negative in the biblical stance on slavery because slavery is never um, uh, denounced, like specifically mm-hmm. denounced mm-hmm. Uh, necessarily. And so. Well, it was a so I'll just kind of address that out out, out of the gate because slavery was an accepted practice in that day when the Bible was written. Slavery was an accepted practice in that day, and and even though it wasn't condemned specifically by the apostles or even by Jesus, a lot of people say, well, Jesus never condemned slavery. Um, it, it was addressed on several occasions um, to kind of understand and exactly what we're going to see here it was addressed in such a way that uh, a slave should not be below his master and a slave mm-hmm. and a master were equal and how you treat there's actually an entire book of the bible that is uh, dedicated to mm-hmm. the relationship between a runaway slave who is who ran away and is now who found jesus and is now returning to his master, mm-hmm. and he is being instructed to return and to 
finish out his duties uh, mm-hmm. to the master, and the master is being instructed to welcome him with no uh, punishment, but to welcome him as a brother in Christ. And mm-hmm. it's uh, the book of Philemon. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read that, it's one chapter. Uh, go knock it out when you're done here, okay? But uh, so I just want you to understand, and, and and a lot of places where it is specifically addressed in, especially in the New Testament, um, it really takes on more of the feel of in an employee and an employer mm-hmm. situation. And so in, in what it would look like modern day. Right. And so that's how we're going to talk about it today uh, because uh, um, because I think that's how we can view it as Christians today to see how are we to interact. If Whether you're listening, watching, and you're an employee, you work for somebody, or if you're a business owner or a man, even in management and somebody works for you, right. these are the type of relationships that Paul is addressing here to the uh, Christians in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should get like um, sidetracked or, or like he's talking about relationships right. and different dynamics. And, you know, as wrong as slavery is, it was a part mm-hmm. of history. Yes. And so, like, I appreciate that the Bible teaches and taught Christians how to interact with each other, mm-hmm. even in the middle of, um, you know, difficult situations and difficult circumstances. Because um, even, you know, you talk about sl- the slavery back then, but you also talk about, like, even the government back then, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know we, we have it good now in the sense of just being a democracy and being able to... Um, so there's so many things that um, were really hard for people to live with, and yet the Bible taught us how to interact as Christians with mm-hmm. one another. Because he's yeah. talking about the body of Christ in all these... You know, mm-hmm. relationships and in all of this yeah and so whenever it comes to those things that are not specifically addressed you mm-hmm. always say it like this is uh, even if it's not talked about specifically it is addressed in principle right and also Jesus was a big proponent of I mean the government was corrupt in that day right and Jesus was always a big proponent of I'm not here to mm-hmm. fix the government I'm here to address the heart issues right. in man and right. so that's really what the relation comes down to right is you can fight against the government all you want, but until the hearts of men and women are changed, you're never really going to change anything. Right. And so it is always about going after the heart issue. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today uh, in relationship to uh, co-workers, okay. employees, and employers. <laughs> so ho- hopefully that all makes sense yeah. uh, as we go. So, um, You're just going to read it through? I will, yeah. I'm just trying to see if I had anything else. Uh What's in? I did think this was interesting because I did read through this, study this up a little bit. But Paul's ministry and the uh, the apostles' ministry and, and disciples and and many they it did contribute to the death of slavery. Mm-hmm. Like as you go through and mm-hmm. and you even look in history in uh, American slavery, right. it was the Christians that spearheaded. And I know other people say, well, it was Christians that sold slavery. It was Christians who spearheaded the death of slavery, and mm-hmm. Paul's ministry did do that, but it wasn't by taking on the social system, and that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to say this, is it wasn't by taking on the social system, it was by preaching the gospel. Right. And by preaching the gospel and changing the hearts of men and women, it turned their hearts to recognize that this is not how they should be right. in operation. Because yeah. corrupt social systems are a heart issue, are yeah. a sin issue. That, yeah, because they come out of corrupt hearts. Right. Corrupt systems come from corrupt hearts. Right. So if we can decorrupt, <laughs> if we can save the heart, we can save the system. Right. That's good. Should write that down. That's good. <laughs> All right. So 
Actually, look, I did write it down. Change hearts and you'll change the world. <laughs> ah, I already wrote it down for you. All right. So we're in Ephesians ships. We're, uh, sips. <laughs> Ephesians ships. Uh, chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. I'm going to read through it and then we'll break it down verse by verse. It says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. So we'll read verse 9 later. That'll deal with the masters. Okay. Uh, but let's deal with the slaves first off. So again, slaves, servants, employees, all these words are going to be used inter interchangeably in case mm -hmm. I jump around. I tend to jump around yeah. when I get to something like this. So he says, first off, uh, fear and respect and uh, or fear and trembling. Another mm -hmm. version will say to, to serve them with fear and trembling. And basically what it comes down to is respect and loyalty. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a huge, huge thing to look at. So again, I'm, I'm going to kind of address here. If you are an employee of somebody, okay, if you're working for somebody, we are instruct, instructed to work with an attitude of respect and loyalty to the people that we work for. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then he says to serve them as you would serve Christ. Mm -hmm. That is a... That's big. That's big. Mm -hmm. All right. To serve them as you would serve Christ. I, you know, I, I read that and I thought, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it reminded me of that. It says, do everything, everything that you do as a believer, as a follower of Christ, everything you do, you do it for the glory of God. Right. And so I think just uh, approaching, you know, when you look at your job and maybe you have a job that you love, maybe you have a job that you hate, <laughs> regardless of how you feel about where you are, mm -hmm. we are instructed as Christians to not put the effort into the job that we feel towards that job you know the amount of love like if you love your job you work hard at it. if you hate your job maybe you don't work as hard mm -hmm. at it you just kind of go through the motions but what paul is saying is that if you are a follower of christ whatever you're whatever doing you you're do. doing it right. for the glory of god right. you're not doing it for a paycheck right. you're not doing it um, because you like your boss, you're not doing it because you're treated fairly or treated well. Mm -hmm. You are doing it because you're a follower of Christ and you're going to work and perform at a, at a high level because you're going to treat your job just like you're serving Christ right. because you are. You are, right. Okay. So um, kind of like repetitive in the sense of just in my studying and stuff, I just looked up the word obey and just like it talked about with parents and children, that word obey. So it means, again, to listen intently and I, and again I just it kind of puts it more into perspective because I mean I don't really use the word obey but today but you think about like listening when someone's speaking speaking to you when someone's given instruction when you know what your job is to listen intently and it's that um, it's a posture of mm -hmm. of you know of caring almost I kind of say it that way of you're attentive, you're attentive to mm -hmm. the needs that need to be met and what you're supposed to be doing. But then beyond that, you know, he goes and tells us, um, he tells us how, he says with deep respect and fear, um, and he says, serve them sincerely. Mm -hmm. And I got kind of more caught up in that, I think more than anything, is this, um, we're not just told to obey or to do do the work, um, 
but it is how, how do you do it? And it made me think like, it's not just about, um, it's not just about doing your job. I think a lot of us go through the motion yeah. of I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do my job. I'm going to clock in. I'm going to clock out. Um, but it was, yeah, what what really kind of spoke to me is this, how do you do it? Yeah. And again, it's not just the, okay, I checked the box. I got that done. It's how, meaning your attitude, the attitude of your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just got to kind of looking at like, why, why is that so important? How we do it? Because again, he mentions do it with reverence. Do it with. Um, it's mentioned in different, different ways. D- reverence and fear and respect. Do it sincerely and later on, you know, do it enthusiastically. So it's how we do it. Um, and I kind of went a little, you know, broke it down into three parts for me of why. Why do we do it? Why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Why does it matter? What my attitude is, I guess, is what I'm saying. And kind of thought about three different um, reasons why it matters what our attitude is about our jobs. Um, and, and number one, it matters what our attitude is because when we serve um, this earthly master, whoever is in leadership above us at our jobs or our work or whatever, when we serve our earthly master, it's, it's a direct reflection of us serving God. Yeah. You know, we've, we talked about that of... Uh, ultimately, when we when we work, we're working for God. Mm-hmm. So how I treat this earthly master, how I treat this uh, boss is a reflection of uh, my relationship with God. So it's like this thing of if I honor that person, I'm honoring God. Mm-hmm. So number one, that's why it matters. And it also made me go back to um, the beginning of that, of what we're talking about. Uh, chapter 5 verse 21 where he says you know submit out of reverence for Christ so that's this whole reminder for this whole thing of everybody that we submit to all these structures over us we're doing it ultimately to submit to God Mm -hmm. so number one why does my attitude matter because I'm honoring God Um, number two (laughs) because it's a witness Um, so Philippians 2, 14 and 15 says, do everything without complaining and and arguing so that do everything, (laughs) whatever your, whatever your job is, whatever your, you know, I'm a stay at home mom. I don't have a, are you my boss? I guess you're my boss. I don't have a boss of me, but this idea of whatever you're doing, um, do it without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So to me, why does my attitude at work matter? Yeah. Because it's a witness to the people around me. Right. Like, I mean, for me, it's yeah. a witness to my children. When we, when you go into work, you're a witness to the coworkers around you. And in that wording in, this, in the verse, um, you know, you're shining like bright lights to a world that is corrupt. Mm-hmm. So we're like... I think about also the verses as let your light so shine before men that they yeah. will see your good deeds and what glorify your God, God in heaven. So, you know, why does my attitude matter? Why does it matter how I do my job? Um, because it's a witness. Yeah. And then the third thing of why does it matter um, is because it literally my attitude matters and how I do my job matters because it literally blesses me. Mm-hmm. So I'm honoring God. I'm a witness to other people. And when I do a good job, it blesses me. Right. Um, so Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people, 
Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward uh, and that the master you are serving is Christ. So why is it a blessing? It's a blessing because it gives me a reward. Mm -hmm. It gives me an inheritance um, when I work willingly and I do the job that that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, And I also just think about it in the, so that to me is very spiritual of I'm going to reap a reward. But I also think about it in the practical, like, it's good for me. My my good attitude, my hard work blesses me because you just think about the practical of who does a who does a boss want to promote? Who do who does who does somebody in this authority want to promote? Who do, who are they looking for? They're looking for honest people. Mm-hmm. They're looking for people who show up on time. They're yeah. looking for people who have good attitudes. They're looking for people who are going to work hard and be diligent. You know, so in the common sense of things, it also makes sense that it blesses us. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get anywhere in life with a bad attitude. Right. Made me think of like Joseph and Daniel. Like they're in bad situations and they literally work themselves up the ladder, so to speak. Right. Because of their ad- attitude, because of their character, because of... And their yeah, loyalty and their, their loyalty. honesty and integrity is, is huge yeah. and all those things. D- yeah. Daniel was a slave. He mm-hmm. was brought in to Babylon he was a slave. Yeah. Joseph was a prisoner. You know, these were bad situations. And literally through God's help and the way they live their life, God promoted them. Yeah. But I just think that it's twofold. It is a spiritual thing of, let's say you don't get any, any promotion. You don't get any, you know, pat on the back here on earth. You get an inheritance and a reward when you work diligently and you have mm-hmm. a good attitude. But you're also on the practical side of it you're going to get a reward just uh, in the natural because that's it's just a natural thing it's a yeah. natural principle and he right? talks about that he talks about that here in in a moment yeah. too and and yeah i thought the same thing you know is is it's again it's that witness of uh that we have in our workplace mm-hmm. and so you start to think in really really practical terms like how can you be a witness mm-hmm. um because it doesn't always mean just going around carrying your Bible with you everywhere you go at work and wearing the Christian t-shirts and all that stuff. It doesn't, that's not necessarily what it means to be a witness, but I think showing respect and loyalty to those that are over you is a witness because the more you start to do those things and people start to question, why are you the way that you are? It presents an opportunity. And so um, I think even just those very simple things of when everybody else in the lunchroom or wherever is starting to trash talk the boss around the water cooler (laughs) and stuff is you refuse to talk behind their back. Mm -hmm. If you've got a problem with them, go talk to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the biblical way of dealing with things. And so, uh, you know, don't take advantage Mm -hmm. of things and and don't take advantage and how you say how do i take advantage take advantage when you show up to work but you don't do your job Mm -hmm. like you just you you waste the time and you do personal things on job time and that's taking advantage of the situation um you don't do a full day's work again same thing you know i I was telling joy uh last week there's some work going on we're at the church right now so i'm going to (laughs) point outside uh there's some work going on outside uh, of the church here a couple of weeks ago and I don't really know they buried something in the dirt out there like they're running lines for stuff and so they had come through and they spent two or three days like digging in a little trench and then they pulled the tube and the wires and everything through it and then a couple of days later they sent over this uh, young guy and girl to come over and I guess they were they dumped a pile of dirt outside the church and then they were kind of shoveling it into a wheelbarrow and I guess they were kind of filling in the trench as they went. 
And every once in a while, I'd walk out of my office and I just walk by the front doors and they're all glass doors and I can just kind of see what's going on out there. And I got laughing because, I mean, it's like maybe 30, 40 feet at most of, of a little dirt trench that they had to fill in. Big pile of dirt. There's two people there. But I'm just, I stood there and watched them for a moment. And, and it's like they, they stood by the wheelbarrow, both of them holding a shovel, just talking. Mm-hmm. Nobody doing anything, just kind of talking. And then they like started putting shovel. They'd put a couple shovelfuls of dirt in, and then they'd stop and lean on the shovels and talk to each other. Then they finally got it full, and he wheels it down to the other end, and they dump it, and she's on her phone at the other end, and then she saunters down there, and he's kind of getting it out of the wheelbarrow, and then she starts to do stuff, and then she just then they stand there and talk again for another yeah. few minutes, and then she takes the wheelbarrow back and stops and. And I just watched this every once in a while, just off and on for a few minutes. And I thought, this is taking, it literally yeah. took them hours to do what probably could have been done in an yeah. hour tops. And it was just this slow process. But I think that's a, like, that's a good example yeah. of how practically speaking, we do we can do this all the time. Yeah. Take advantage. And of, that's just taking advantage. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get paid for a day's work. Yeah. And so they're going to do as little possible work as they can in that day. Yeah. Uh, and so I just, it struck me funny because I, I, I saw that. And then not long after that, I'm yeah. reading, reading this verse. And I think as Christians, we need to, we need to have this attitude and, and, and hope and prayer that as Christians, we should be high value employees. Yeah. Um, I can even remember when I was in high school, uh, one of the jobs I had, I worked at a convenience store, but the reason I got the job is because a guy came into our church and posted a flyer at the church. And the reason why is because he was literally looking for church people yeah. to come and work because yeah. he wanted people that he felt like he could trust yeah. and people of integrity. And he thought, what better place to find them than in church? It should be that way. And it should be that way. <laughs> like it, when people find out that you're a Christian, that should be a mark for you. That right. should be a mark in the pro column right. because they feel like they can trust They should you. have in their memory, oh, I had a good experience yeah. with hiring a Christian. Right. Yeah. That, that part before you go further, yeah. that part that says like, like verse seven, where it says, "Work with enthusiasm, as though you were working for the Lord rather than people." It made me like think about. I kind of thought about this example of, you know, can you can you imagine? Let's say you're a cook and you cook every day, and you clock in and clock out, and you, you know, all these average people come in and mm. and you feed them, and you're a cook. But somebody comes to you one day and says, you are getting the opportunity today. Today, you get the opportunity. The king is coming to town, and you're going to cook for the king today. Mm-hmm. Would you look at that and say, oh, my goodness. No, you'd be like, oh, it's an honor. You know, what's in my pantry? What can I serve? You would yeah. all of a sudden shift into the mode of, I'm going to do it with the best of my abilities. Right. I'm going to do it with the best of my ingredient. I'm going to do it to my best because this is an honor, right? Mm -hmm. So it made me think about like when he says work with enthusiasm as though, you know, you are working for the Lord. And I just thought like, number one, we have to, we have to change our perspective Mm -hmm. because I think that's where like the monotony of just like, oh, this doesn't matter. It does matter yeah. because every single day we as Christians know we are serving God. Ultimately, that's who that's who we are serving. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is like this boss in front of us, and there's all different types of characters out there—good bosses, bad bosses, and all this, you know—and coworkers you work with. And 
But ultimately, like we have to know it's it's Christ we serve. Yeah. And then that next line is, um, you know, remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do. Like that is such a like we need to be reminded of that. Of there is a reward coming, mm-hmm. and I believe we experience it here on earth, the practical things. But ultimately, there is a spiritual reward coming with you know service of the King. So yeah, I think our our perspective needs to change. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And that would really help us. No, absolutely. And that's, you got a little ahead of me. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to verse six gotcha. for a second, just because it, it, it says not, you know, we're supposed to, uh, well, let me read it. Just try to please them all the time. Not just when they're watching right. you as slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart, which goes with your story. Yeah. And, and, and I, and when I read that, I thought, you know, there's a couple of ways that you can read that. You know, as servants of Christ, do God's will with all your heart. Mm-hmm. So the first way is kind of ask, do God's will with all your heart. Well, what is God's will? Mm-hmm. So do God's will with all your heart. What is God's will? Because some people try so hard to tie their career to mm-hmm. God's will and plan for their life. And while that's true for some, I feel like like I've, I've, I felt called to ministry. Called I feel like ministry. this is, so it's not only my my calling is not only uh, what I feel like is God's will for my life to be in ministry, but it is from a practical standpoint, it's also my job. This right. is how I make money, right. right? This is my career. And so there's that aspect of it. But then there's also just as Christians, do God's will with all mm-hmm. your heart. So you ask the question, what is God's will? And as you read through the Bible, God's will often just comes down to us living a life that glorifies him mm-hmm. and draws others closer to him. Right. So do God's will with all your heart. So as you're doing your job, glorify God mm-hmm. in it. Glorify God in everything that you do. Because if we're living God's will for our lives, it should bleed into everything that we do. Yeah. So if God's will for our lives is simply to live a life that glorifies him, that is not just in one area of our life. That right. is literally in everything that we do. Right. We do it to bring, it goes back to that verse that I read. You do everything to the glory of God. Yeah. And that includes our job. And the larger percentage to me, when you think about am I, am I doing God's will, the larger percentage is these things that are so practical, mm-hmm. like, you know, our attitude and mm-hmm. like, you know, just I'm going to go to work today and what's what it, am I going to do my job with enthusiasm? Am I going to yeah. do my job with loyalty or a, like so much of the will of God is our character. Which which goes to that that exactly what he's saying here is you don't just do something to glorify God when people are watching. Mm-hmm. You live your life in such a way that it glorifies God even when nobody is watching. Right. Right. So when you are unmonitored or yeah. unsupervised yeah. at your job, yeah. you continue to do that job, not because the boss is watching, but because you're trying to glorify God through. Because what would have happened in that story that you gave, the situation of what would happen if all of a sudden the supervisor comes by and sees them on their phone or sees yeah. them leaning up against the shovel? Oh, no, they've gone back to work. Yeah. But that's that character trait of it has to be in us when nobody's looking. Yeah. It has to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made me think of a story. It's a sidetrack for saying, but it's funny. Squirrel. Do you remember? You remember when we were uh, in Tennessee mm-hmm. and we moved into the parsonage mm-hmm. in Tennessee, and we had some of the guys come to yeah. paint the house. 
Okay, you have to tell the story. Okay. <laughs> Just getting permission. Don't to tell use the story. any names. All right. So when we were in, when we were at our uh, previous church, there one of the ministries that we had there is we had a recovery program for drug addicts, alcoholics, and we'd obviously, uh, and a lot of times we would use the guys in the program yeah. to do odd jobs and things like that. It was part of the way they made money, part of the way they raised funds for the uh, for the program and things like that. And so it was pretty. It was pretty new. Like the ministry had just kind of started. Yeah. The, the center had just kind of opened up and stuff. And so we had moved into this this house. We had started pastoring at this church, and uh, there was a parsonage there, which is just a home that belonged to the church that we were going to move into. It was old and very run down, mm-hmm. and it had this wallpaper that was just awful. And so. We're like, oh, well, let's bring some of the guys over and we'll get them to strip the wallpaper, kind of prime the walls, paint, that kind of thing. So we let them into the house to do all of that. We hadn't moved in yet, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And so we let them go in. So they're out there on their own. (laughs) Unsupervised. Kind of unsupervised. (laughs) There was one of the guys that was kind of in charge uh, that we were kind of trying to raise up in leadership and kind of left him in charge a little bit. And uh, it was so, we pulled up to the house after a few hours and it was like when we pulled in the driveway, they scattered like cockroaches when the light (laughs) comes on, all right? Everybody just started moving very quickly, not running like, oh, but it was very obvious that they hadn't been doing anything. And they scattered in all different directions. Where's the paintbrush? The guy that was supposed to be in charge, like, jumps off the porch and gets on it. We had the, one of those big zero-turn mowers. That, uh, that, And he jumps on that thing and starts mowing the grass. And, I mean, it's just going all over the place. And it was just a train. We go inside, and it was like they just turned a bunch of toddlers loose with paintbrushes. <laughs> and it was just crazy everywhere. And we walk in and we're just like, what is going on? And they, nobody would look us in the eye. <laughs> nobody would talk to us. And so we realized right then and there that um, they probably weren't quite ready yet to be unsupervised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus hadn't quite changed their hearts yeah. yet. And so they were taking advantage of uh, yeah. some freedoms that we were giving them there. Yeah. So. And it, it, it sounds like funny, but it is, it is, it's an easy <laughs> thing to go for all of us to when we feel like somebody's not watching. And this, this goes from when you're a little kid, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, what are you doing? You know, cause they, they're unsupervised and, and, but it's something that we all deal with and we need to understand and know like God is watching us. Yeah. The, the verse that, that says, you know, try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Um, it made me think, like, when I read it at first, I thought, like, you know, because I sometimes deal with being a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a fault of mine. And I read that, and I was kind of like, oh, does that mean I'm people pleasing? And then it was like, God was like, no, because it was this thing of try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching. Yeah. And I realized if, I, if you're really a people pleaser, you're going to pe- please people when, when they're, they're watching. Because you want that validation. Right, yeah. right. But what it says is try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching. Um, sorry. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. So it's that, it's that thing of like if you're a people pleaser, you're going to just please people when they're watching. And when they walk away, meh. You know, yeah. it's almost like you live a double lifestyle. But when you're a God pleaser, you please people as much as you can all the time. Mm-hmm. 
with or without them watching. Yeah. With or without them knowing you did something good. With and, or without. Yeah, and you can tell when that starts happening because you, you start to become the person that's trusted to be on your own. Yes, it's called integrity. Yeah, and I was <laughs> it was funny. I was talking to Isaac about this the other day, our son, of just how all the jobs I had when I was in high school, all the jobs I had, I always got left by myself. Like yeah. you were always supposed to be working with somebody. <laughs> and even when I was, uh, I was 14, and started working a job at Marvelous Muffins. He has to say it that I way. I have to say it that way. Anybody from Ontario, <laughs> Canada, and you grew up back when I grew up in the 90s. Well, I think I've always asked you, is it actually pronounced that way? It's spelled M-M-M Marvelous <laughs> M-M-M Muffins. So I would literally answer the phone and go, mm, hello, Marvelous Muffins, how can I help you? My bosses didn't think it was funny, but they did like but me. He was doing his job with enthusiasm. I was doing my job with enthusiasm. The small little pleasures of working there is getting to answer the phone like that. But like I'm 14 years old, and the one manager is a couple that owned it, and uh, she would be there when I would come in after school, and I'd work with her for about an hour or two, and then she'd go home, and then her husband was supposed to come in like within 30 minutes to yeah. kind of work the rest of the evening. And 85% of the time, he didn't show up until like two or three hours later. There was a couple times where he didn't show up until closing time. Mm -hmm. And he would just call me and just go, hey, I'm going to be late. Just take care of things. Mm -hmm. And you're 14. And I was 14 years old. <laughs> I'm running this store by myself. And mm -hmm. there was a little kiosk in the middle of the mall in Richmond Hill. And... And, and But it was because they trusted me. Mm -hmm. I remember when I got hired, they asked me some questions and stuff, and it came out in that, that I went to church, that mm -hmm. I was a Christian, and she loved that about me. Mm -hmm. She loved the fact that she she had this young man that was mm -hmm. going to church, and she felt like she could trust me, and yeah. then I earned that trust in them. And every job that I had, it was right. that way. At 16, I worked at a gas station. It was all teenagers that worked there. We were usually by ourselves. I was the only one that the boss gave the combination to the safe to, so mm -hmm. if anybody needed change, I was the guy that could open the safe and take out cash mm -hmm. anytime I wanted. And but, like I think that's an important thing to look at and say, like, f you know, for young people listening to this or, or young people in your life, like, just knowing the sooner you start this type mm -hmm. of behavior, um, you know, if a job babysitting, a job, you know, where we can look at these things and say, well, okay, they're, they're, it's not that important. Mm -hmm. But when we treat them important and we treat them with the, you know, enthusiasm or we treat yeah. them with um, how we should, the integrity that we need to be having, again, it like sets you up for life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a principle of, but but these things need to be learned early mm -hmm. uh, because it's just better. It sets us up for life. But there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot. Let's say you haven't been that person. Then it's hard because you get a reputation. Yeah. And you have to rebuild this reputation because, you know, they'll say, oh, this yeah. person did this or they had. This. So, like, the younger you learn these principles and qualities, the better it's going to be for yeah. you. And, and just to kind of button up on that verse there, it you know, it says... Uh, again, do we do everything as servants of Christ to do God's will with all our heart? Yeah. And so there's that one aspect of everything we do is part of God's God's right. will is for us to glorify Him right. through everything we do. The other side of it is is do God's will with all your heart is what you're doing mm -hmm. God's will for your life. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's important sometimes to uh, just be in prayer all the time about this idea of God is what I'm doing. Am I in your will Am for my right life? Job? And yeah. so again, not every job is necessarily tied to God's will for your life. Mm -hmm. It may not be 
God's plan for you may not have nothing to do with your career Mm -hmm. in the sense of this is the career I want you in to be. But for some people, it is. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing that and trusting that, that prompting of the Holy Spirit of if there's a shift that God wants you to make in your career, if there's a shift somewhere in there, are you in God's will? Mm -hmm. And if you are in God's will, just recognizing that where you are, if, if it's God's will for you to have this specific job, then know that. Uh, to me, that just raises it up even more. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked hard at my convenience store gas station muffin <laughs> job. Okay, I tried hard to be a good employee there, but it's nothing in comparison to doing what I'm doing right now because mm-hmm. those were jobs. Mm-hmm. This is God's will for my life, mm-hmm. and so being in the role that I am now, you but do it with all your God heart. God lets us go through some of these, and I shouldn't probably shouldn't word it this way, but I'm going to like menial is that a word mm-hmm. tiny jobs unimportant what we would think ti- to set us up yeah. for things later that he wants to do but you know if we can't be faithful in the small things how are we going to be faithful in the big exactly. things so yeah. this character thing of you know when it says whatever you do do it with all your heart if you're scrubbing toilets you know do it with all your heart mm-hmm. because it's 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 a character thing God's building and setting you up so he want he wants to give you other things mm-hmm. um yeah, so it's a it's a learned quality too. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad has a story about that. Sweeping the floor, but <laughs> I'll let him tell that story sometime. Uh, verse seven. I just want to touch on verse seven. George yeah. mentioned it a couple times. Of just work with enthusiasm for the Lord. I have a lot of stories today. Mm-hmm. Uh, work with enthusiasm for the Lord. There was a when I read that there was a lady that used to go to our church. She's passed away now. Cecilia. Remember mm. Cecilia? She was an amazing woman if of God. you didn't know her. Oh, my goodness. She was just, she was an amazing woman of God. And I, before she started attending our church, the first time she came, she came to our church one time. I met her. And I thought, man, this lady looks familiar. And then the second time she comes, I see her again. And it clicked where I knew her from. And I went up to her after church. And I said, do you work at Walmart? I said, are you a cashier at Walmart? She said, yes, I am. And I said, can I tell you something? I said, I generally go to like the self-pay. I'm just like I'm an in-and-out kind of guy in the store. But there were times when I would see her working before I knew who she was. There were times where when I saw her working, I would wait in a longer line to get into Cecilia's lane because she just exuded joy and kindness and just enthusiasm and here she is a a cashier at walmart yeah okay and i i used to walk through that line and just interact with her a little bit and there was always something in me and i thought i know this woman is a believer (laughs) this woman is a woman of god like you it just she never said anything specific about it it's like you know that person has something extra (laughs) you could just tell and when I told her that, the smile that came on her face, yeah. I mean, it just lit up the room. And she said, like, this is not my dream job. It was kind of like a after her career, just mm-hmm. a way to kind of maintain some income. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this wasn't her dream job. But she told me, she said, that. She said I see it as a way, as an opportunity, opportunity to show joy to people. Mm-hmm. And she said, I, I, you know, you talk to people in line and she said, I'll pray for wow. like not not pray with people, but pray for people yeah. Yeah. as they're coming through. And she sees people and and it just blessed my heart. And it just spoke mm-hmm. when I read this verse, do your job with enthusiasm for the Lord. Mm-hmm. I immediately thought of Cecilia mm-hmm. and I thought just there was there was no question mm-hmm. that she was doing that job mm-hmm. for the Lord. And I feel like, you know, 
we we this verse to me i mean it's for every type of job but i really feel like it's for the type of job like we need to be reminded and stirred with the type of job that are maybe monotonous and again using that word uh menial like mm-hmm. like i just think that verse is is for us for for because it's this thing of you know it's easy to have enthusiasm if you're doing something other people just think is oh my goodness that is the greatest thing ever that Mm -hmm. you do this and and people kind of hold you on this pedestal but sometimes when you're doing a work or a job that's monotonous and you just think okay i gotta deal with bad attitudes or today or i gotta do it's so easy to not do it with enthusiasm yeah so what you're talking about with her just like what a what a opportunity for Mm -hmm. a witness when it could be such a i don't i don't care if i make a difference Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna clock in clock out get my paycheck and yet she has a character and because of jesus to say i want to make a difference yeah i think i think it's amazing and then uh, (laughs) crowns in heaven you know that reward so then verse up there because she's passed away but she's up there getting that reward and that's what verse 8 talks about. It says, whatever good thing a man does, he will receive back from God. That's the right. King James Version. Yeah. Is whatever good thing a man does, he will receive back from God. And when I read that again, uh, I just, I imagined, you know, you know the golden rule. You know, the golden Treat rule says, others. do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And when I read that, I thought, that's, that's almost kind of what this verse mm-hmm. is saying. Is when we do for God, when mm-hmm. we do what we do for God, God's going to give it back to us. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we're like, okay, God, if you bless me with a job that I love, bless me with a career that pays me a lot of money, then I will I will do great things for you in it, that. Yeah. And what God's saying is, man, just do everything for me and I'm going to reward it. And mm-hmm. it, 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 it's going to come in different ways. Mm-hmm. And God will uh, God will do for us as, as we do for others, as mm-hmm. we bless others. And that may look like how we, you may have a boss that is just awful, all right? <laughs> But if you do for him or if you do for her, if you do for your for your boss, yeah. not because they're great, but because you're doing it for God. Not because of their character, yes. because of Christ's character. Yeah. yeah. And then it says that God is going to reward you for that. Yeah. There will be a reward for that. You'll receive back from God. We don't work for man. We work for God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important part to understand. Mm-hmm. That kind of sums up the right. servant part of right. it. Right. So verse 9 uh, deals with the other side of it. It says, Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Mm-hmm. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. Now, at first you might go, well, how come the employees got you know, uh, five verses and the masters only got one? It's because all the servant verses apply to the master yeah. as well. Did yeah. you catch it? It in said, the same way. Master, treat your slaves in the same way. So in other words, Paul's saying, excuse me, everything <laughs> I just said, you swallow something, everything I just said also applies to the masters. And in addition to that, yeah. in addition to that, then also don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven yeah. and he has no favorite. So God doesn't yeah. care if you're the employee or the employer. You both work for him. You yeah. both serve him. And so as you submit to Christ, if you're in authority over someone at work, these are your instructions. Mm-hmm. Everything that we just said. Mm-hmm. 
everything that we've just talked about. So you're going to do for them, whether they're watching you or not, you're going to be a good right. bass. And that means you're always going to bat for your employees. Right. You're right? not going to take advantage of them. You're not going to take advantage of them, making them work beyond the hours. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, you're going to make sure that they have time for their families. You're mm-hmm. going to make sure that they're getting a Sabbath day. All mm-hmm. right. You're going to do all of these things that, 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 that the word of God instructs them to do. You're going to go back and forth in, in the same way. I loved that, like that phrase and just like what you're saying, because I thought the same thing. Okay, this is much smaller. But what he's saying is, again, everything applies uh, that that in the same way. To me, it's just this thing of it's so wonderful because he's saying there is not a double standard. Mm -hmm. And like the world has so many double standards. There's just so many double standards. And so with God, it's just when he when 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 he how he wants to structure things and how he wants to deal with is, is, is there is no double standards, Yeah, you know, and we're all going to be treated, um, you know, equally. And so it's this thing of like, it doesn't matter if this, um, boss or this person of authority is rich or powerful or, you know, whatever the scenario scenario is in man's eyes of he's elevated mm-hmm. god is saying no you treat them in the same way you're under the same standard as that ne- next person beside you and mm-hmm. i just think that's important for us to see yeah. and understand and i think the the big wherever you read this scenario talking about slaves and masters wherever you read this there's always a massive emphasis on equality mm-hmm. and it really comes down to this there is only one ultimate authority and that is Christ right right Christ is the ultimate authority so where you may be the owner of a company uh, or in management and go well I'm the authority in this department I'm the authority mm-hmm. uh, of this of this job mm-hmm. whatever it is then okay that's that's all well and good but as a believer, mm-hmm. All right, because he's speaking to believers here. Right. As a believer, you are still in submission to Christ. Right. So he is your ultimate authority. So everything you do, you do to the glory of God as right. well. So how you're treating the people that work for you is a reflection, is a witness. It goes back to everything we just talked about. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection and it's a witness of everything. You're you're equal. So treat people mm-hmm. in that way. And, and so it doesn't mean that you don't make the decisions mm-hmm. and you don't lead and you don't give instruction. You do all of those things, mm-hmm. but you do it in the way that Jesus led his disciples. Mm-hmm. And so you take on that position of authority, but recognizing that you are also in submission to an authority. And not letting it go to your head. Yeah. To me, because to me, that statement of, um, remember, you both have the same master. To mm-hmm. me, that is a, hey, don't let this go to your head. Um, you know, it's just like, be humble. You're, you're both under the same master. It makes me think like when I, when I leave the house or something and let my older kids are in charge or something, you know, I want them to be clear that when I leave, do not take this authority. Cause yeah. guess what? <laughs> when I come back and my little kids say to me, you've done so-and-so's done this. Yeah. There's, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. Right. So it's this thing of it, it just, there is no favoritism. I've got one in charge of the other, and yet when I come home, if if one has done wrong to the other one, how it's an even standard, mm-hmm. right? So it's just that reminder of we all come under that authority of God. Yeah, and and in this, like it says there, don't uh, don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master. Yeah. So when I read this, I thought, you know, one of the um, again, I got a lot of stories today, guys. Um, <laughs> one of the worst experiences I had in a job 
and it came over a threat. Yeah. And uh, uh, <laughs> we made amends. Let me say this at the beginning. We made amends, became really good friends after this. It, it, ex- it pushed us both forward in our ministry. But this happened when I was working for a church. Um, and my boss, the pastor of the church, uh, he had he had something that he would say from time to time. I heard him say it to a couple of other staff members, and I'd always thought to myself, it always just like uh, immediately just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, hit me the wrong way. And I always thought to myself, if he ever says that to me, I probably wouldn't be able to work here anymore. <laughs> and um, and lo and behold, one day. Uh, there was just a really stressful situation that was going on and I was needed in two different places at the same time. Uh, there was a, so we were a multi, we had multiple locations. And so there was a massive event going on up in one city that I was in charge of a certain area. I was oversigned all the technical stuff. And so I had guys up there working on all the technical stuff, getting this big, huge event ready for the next day. And at the same time, we were opening a new church. We were opening a new location in another city. And I was, Joe and I were going to be the campus pastors there. And we were opening that weekend. Mm-hmm. And we were starting from scratch. It was literally like an empty retail space. And we I was given 10 days to turn it into a church. <laughs> so I had massive event here, church opening here. And I'm kind of just pulled in between the two. And our pastor went here to check on something. And it wasn't going the way that he wanted it to go. And so he calls me. And he's already like, he's stressed out. I'm already stressed out. And we had taken like a 10 minute break, 15 minute break to go get something to eat. And that was when he called. And I don't know, we were both very short with each other. And then it came, it happened, he said it. (laughs) He said the words. Uh, I I said, I'm just going to get something to eat and then I'll take care of it. And he, I don't know, but here was what he said. He said, I write your paycheck. You'll do what I tell you to do. And I hung up on him. <laughs> this is not my nature. No. It's not my nature. <laughs> but he pressed the wrong button at the and wrong time. And I was time. in the car this old time. And I, to die. I, like, I hung up my phone. I threw it down in the van as we were driving. And I just I went on a little rant there for a minute. And then here's the deal. I kept working. <laughs> we got done eating. I went and did my job. Uh, he tried calling back about 10 minutes later. I wouldn't. I refused to answer the phone. He called back about two hours later. I still wouldn't answer the phone. Long story short, we got into a, a heated argument that went on for three days. Uh, and and it all came from this place of him making a threat. Mm-hmm. of You're going to do what I tell you to do or, and you're going to do it because I pay your paycheck. And uh, three days went by and we finally made amends and came together. I told, explained why that upset me. And it was basically this, it came down to, I don't work for a paycheck. I work for God. And the threat of a paycheck meant nothing to me. And yet it deme- I felt demeaned. Um, and I felt Lord, I felt like he didn't understand why I do what I do. I felt like it was an attack against my integrity. Like I wasn't going to get things done and all this. And I was like one of the most, you know, dependable people he could have and all this stuff. Anyway, we worked it all out. We're still friends today, but it's an example of in that moment yeah. of uh, he he went from we're equals mm-hmm. in the calling of God, we're equals under God mm-hmm. to you work for me. And mm-hmm. so you're going to do what I tell you to do, even though I had everything under control, 
But because he was stressed, he didn't take the time to find out what the plan was. But also, like, in thinking about that is, like, why would a why, – why, why do bosses threaten, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes um, it's a technique, right? And I think it's this thing, oh, okay, I, how do I get somebody to do the job I want? I'll threaten them. Mm-hmm. Motivation. Motivation, right. And I think what we're learning here as followers of God, because, again, can't forget, he's talking to believers, whether mm-hmm. you are an employee or employer, he's talking to believers. And, and what it is is there's a new way to motivate. Yeah. There's a new method. And so the old way might have been to threaten and cuss and, like, do all these things that belittle people, but if we're if we see what God's teaching us, He's saying there's a new word, you know. And you go back to even that we didn't even have it today, but the word instead of this is what mm-hmm. He's trying to teach believers in all these different relationships, whether it's husband and wife, parents yeah. or children, um, you know, boss and, and and employer employee. So it's this new way, and mm-hmm. I think that that's what we have to be conscious of. Of there might be old ways where you have to change those. Yeah. 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 So at the end of it all, here's where we land <laughs> is whether you are an employee or an employer, uh, you work for Jesus. Yes. We do everything we do, we do to bring glory to the name of, of the Father. Yes. And we do it uh, to be in the will, and that's the will of God for our lives, whether our career is the will of God or we're just believers and, and we're doing everything we do to bring glory to His name. And mm-hmm. so we work with integrity. Uh, no, whether we're again, whether we're the employee mm-hmm. or the employer, we work with integrity. We mm-hmm. walk in integrity. Uh, we, we we encourage and we build people up. Mm-hmm. We don't get ahead by tearing people down. Right. We don't get uh, we don't we don't get ahead by lying and manipulation. We don't do and it by stealing. threatening. We don't do it by stealing. We don't you know. We work hard. We don't take advantage. Mm-hmm. We don't just show up for a paycheck. We actually work and we are loyal and we maintain that and we rally the people around us to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We should always be pushing people forward and not pulling people backwards. We should be trying to bring people together and not cause division, like all of this stuff. And again, it doesn't matter where you are because mm-hmm. when you read these verses closely, you see there's a lot of instructions given, but it's given to both. Right. It's given to both because ultimately there is only one authority Mm -hmm. and that is Jesus and we're all working for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that is how we approach whatever you do in life, you approach it in that way, Mm -hmm. which is what this whole section has been about Mm -hmm. is whatever you do, you do it as a follower and believer of Jesus and that's how you bring glory and that's how you show that you are living a spirit-filled life is is by how how And I love the way he ends it. He says... The master in heaven, and he has no favorites. Mm-hmm. I just love that because, again, to kind of sum up everything we've talked about: husband, wives, parents, children, you know, employer, employee. He has no favorites, and mm-hmm. I just think that is awesome. And it takes you back to that verse that says, "Why do all of us do what we do? Why do we submit? Why do we do all these things? Because of out of reverence for mm-hmm. Christ." Yeah. Good stuff. So listen, that's it for uh, this section right here. We are going to be back next time with the armor of God, joy in full (laughs) battle armor, guys. You don't want to miss it. Uh, Hey, there is something I think we can bring. (laughs) I don't know. We do have something. I know. I thought that. Yeah. 
We got something we can bring in. We'll so bring in a prop. We'll bring in some props <laughs> for next for next time. Uh, as we talk about the armor of God, it's uh, this is a, a powerful, powerful section yeah. of scripture. As we talk about it, something that we need to equip ourselves with every single day. It is not just a children's lesson. <laughs> it is something we all need all the time. And so we hope you'll come back next week for it. As always, guys, if you have any questions, uh, anything like that that maybe we said, something we touched on that you want more clarity on, we'd love for you to reach out to us. You can direct message us, uh, leave a comment, email us at lunchwithpbnj at gmail.com. Uh, direct message us on our social medias, on either Facebook, Ben Booth, parentheses, Joy. It's me giving Joy a hug. Um, or uh, Instagram, we're at the Lunch with PBNJ podcast. And uh, yeah, follow us, subscribe, share with somebody. And uh, if you don't see us before then, we'll see you next time right here on Lunch with PBNJ. Thanks.